0: Ladies and gentlemen, how are y'all doing this evening? I heard, I heard fantastic, I heard good, and I heard a lot of people talking. Alright, tonight, what did we talk about last week? <laughs> okay, yes, we did talk about Jesus. What's that? Facebook, yes. We did touch on Facebook. Last week, tonight, the next two weeks, we're talking about this idea of being social, about how God wired us to be social people, and we look for different ways to try and be social, different ways to connect with each other, and and last week we talked about Facebook and how Facebook gives us little glimpses, but but really, as, as we think about connecting, the way God gave us to do that was through what? Wow. Church. Yes. I I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. Sorry. I heard heard Phil Pot in the back yelling stuff. I couldn't hear you over him. So it's okay. Yeah, we talked about the church that God gave us the church to engage each other, to really get involved in each other's lives. The whole whole verse in Romans nine, where it's weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice, that that's the way God's designed us to interact with each other. Tonight, we're going to continue talking about being social, but tonight I want to talk to you about the idea of pictures. How many of you, how many of you have an Instagram account? Uh, a lot of you. A lot. Speaking of that, we're okay. Okay. Well, we're we're not gonna go there. We're not gonna go there. You know. You know. One of the one of the really cool things about Instagram is the whole idea that it's based on pictures. And one of the neat things about pictures is it doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter what country you live in. It it doesn't matter where you are, how much money you make, what kind of house you live in. Every single one of us, when we look at pictures, there's a commonality to pictures. We can all look at the same picture and get a pretty good idea of what's going on. Just Just to give you an example, I'm going to show some pictures up here. And when it comes up there, I want you to tell me, What's going on with that person? I want you to tell me like what what emotion they're expressing in that picture. Okay? Go ahead and show that first to Mr. Billy. Happiness. What's that? They're happy. Yeah, okay. Stop. (laughs) Stop right there. Yes, most of you caught on pretty quickly that they're happy. It's easy to tell. Now, that picture doesn't tell you that they probably just killed somebody. All you know is they're happy. Okay? They murdered their preschool teacher. Whatever it was. Alright? Next picture. What's that guy thinking? I want to kill kill myself. Okay. (laughs) I heard I hate my job. Sad. I want to kill myself. Okay? Hey, I didn't make the picture. I just put it on the screen. Why is he behind me? Okay. Listen... (laughs) Whoa, stop, stop, stop. Okay, so far my favorite one is why is my hair receding? I like that one, Jackie. <laughs> that was good. Let's just go with there's a lot of discomfort in this picture. <laughs> a lot of unhappiness. He's being smushed. Alright, what about the next one? Happy. Happiness. A happy cry? That is not okay. What emotion are we seeing here? sadness okay okay what's that <laughs> i'm not going to repeat that i i got one more for you i want you to tell me what emotion what feeling is going on in this picture show it you can't you can't see that one can you what do you think that cat's feeling right now I'm pretty sure that started off as adventure and real quick was no longer a fun adventure. And I know some of you like cats and you think that picture is very mean. I really don't care because it's funny. Okay. You can get that off of there. Those pictures. No, we're not going to leave it. Do you not like cats? Wow. Okay. Those pictures. Hey. Those pictures give us a picture of a moment in time. When we look at those pictures, you can tell a lot about what was happening right then just by the expressions, just by what's happening in those pictures. But you see, the the problem with pictures and, and even the problem with something like Instagram, something we use to be social, is that a lot of times we'll look at those pictures and we'll think we know a lot about somebody, just like we talked about Facebook last week. We get a picture, we get a glimpse in time of what's going on in somebody's life. And if we never get involved in that person's life, that's the only picture we ever have of that person. What we see in that picture basically becomes the defining thought of what we think of every time that person comes to mind. And you see, the reason that's important, the reason we need to make sure we understand what's going on there, is that there's a lot of times we do the exact same thing when it comes to God. We get pictures of God. People show us pictures of God. We hear a sermon, and we have a picture of what God looks like. We do a devotion, read in a book that somebody else has written, and we've got a picture of who God is and what God has done. Or we even sit in a small group lesson, and we've got that picture. And you see, those are great things, and we get those little snapshots, and those little, those little caps, snapshots, snapshots, wow, guys, it's been a long week. But we get, we get those pictures of who God is, but just like those other pictures, if you looked at that picture of that baby crying and never knew anything else about that baby, you could very well think that baby cried his entire life because you've never seen him any other way. And when we look at God and we look at just the sermon we heard or the Bible study we went to or the devotion that we read and that's how we picture God, we never get a full picture of God we never actually understand completely who god is not not that we can really understand completely who god is but we never get a better understanding we never get a more complete understanding and the way that we do that is by spending time in god's word you see when somebody gives us a sermon they give us a couple verses or a devotion a couple verses or maybe somebody stands up and quotes a verse during a conversation but that's just a picture it's just a snapshot It's not a clear indication to show us who God really is other than those little glimpses. And if we really want to understand his character and understand who he is, we've got to actually get into his word. This book with a big long string on it, this is the word of God. This is the number one selling book of all time. For those of you who want to know what this is, it's to wrap it up. Okay, now confusion has gone. We can keep moving. This is the Word of God. This is the best-selling book of all time. This is a book that is all about God, all about Jesus Christ, from the first page of the Old Testament to the last page of the New Testament. This is how we get to know Him. This is how we get to know His character. This is how we get to know His person. This is how we get to know His love for His people, for us, as we spend time in God's Word. And as we get into God's Word, we start to see some very important things about God's Word. Because God's Word not only shows us who God is, but as we see those things, we start to understand that God's Word does some stuff for us as well. And tonight we're going to be in Psalm chapter 19. If you've got your Bible, open it up. If you've got your phone, you can go to YouVersion. If you want to go to the live event, search NFBC Youth, two separate words, and you can actually follow along with what's going to be on the screen here. Two separate words. I messed you up last week. And you can follow along with what we're getting ready to talk about. But we're going to be in Psalm chapter 19. And what we're going to look at in Psalm chapter 19 is this short little passage. You know, I I could have gone to Psalm 119, which is, by the way, the longest book in the Bible. There's like 176 verses in that chapter, I think. I thought about reading that one tonight, and I thought, no, y'all probably wouldn't keep up if I did that. It's a really long chapter. So we're going to be in Psalm 19. Because just like Psalm 119, Psalm 19 shows us a lot of stuff about God's Word and how God's Word is critical and important to our life every single day because of what it does for us besides letting us know who God is. And the first thing we can see as we look at Psalm 19, verse 7 is this, is that God's Word gives life. In the Word of God, in this book, we find life every single day. Look at what it says in verse 7, the first part of there. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. I'm going to stop right there. We'll come back to the second part in a little bit. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. God's word, His law, is perfect. There's no error in this book. There's no problems. There's no mistakes. There are a lot of people who, over time, have tried to go through the word of God and find contradictions, to find errors. But the truth is, there aren't any there. When you actually pick up this book and start to read it from front to back, the complete Scripture, the complete Word of God, you find that the people who think there are errors there, they're wrong. They're just misunderstanding Scripture. Because it tells us the Word of God is perfect. There's no mistakes there. Because God is perfect. And God is consistent. Scripture tells us in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word. How's the rest of it go? And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. You know who that's talking about? Thank you. Jesus. Jesus Christ is the Word. Jesus Christ is perfect. Jesus is God. If God, Jesus are perfect, then their Word is perfect is perfect. There's no mistake here. So when we look at that and see that God's word is perfect and we continue to read through chapter 19 and continue to read through the rest of the book, you see that this perfection is what it's talking about when it says His word revives the soul. Because God is perfect, in this book we find revival for our souls. We find life. When you are born, when I was born, when your parents were born, every single person in this world, we were born Sinners. That's just who we are. Nobody had to teach you how to lie. Nobody had to teach you how to look out for yourself. That's the way we're born, is to look out for us. And because we're born that way, we're not perfect. We're not God. We are born, Scripture tells us, dead in our sin. And you see, the problem is that if God is perfect, and God is holy, and God is just and righteous, God and sin... They don't mix. So we've got a problem. That means God and us, we don't mix. But you see, in God's word, we find life. Look at what it tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. That's Satan, in case you were wondering. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That's the way we're born. That's our natural tendency. That is the life we will live apart from God and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. But you see, that's not good enough for God. God is perfect. And if God can't have anything to do with sin, that means God can't have anything to do with us. But you see, God made us. And God wants a relationship with us. So God's going to do something about that sin. And that's where Jesus Christ comes in. That's where we find life. That's where we find our souls revived. Because God can't bear sin, God sent Jesus Christ to die for our sins. To give up his life on the cross to be buried, and then three days later, three days later, sin was defeated because God defeated it when Jesus came back to life. That's how we know his word revives our soul because that is what we find in his word, who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. It continues that in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Jesus Christ is the word in the flesh. And that's what Jesus Christ did for each one of us. He became our sacrifice. He paid the penalty for our sin so that our souls could be revived. So that we could find life Because God is perfect. And if Jesus is the word, when we dig into this, we find out who Jesus is and we find out who God is and we see that he is perfect. That's how we're able to find life in God's word. But that's not the only thing it does. It keeps going. God's word also gives us joy and encouragement. You guys ever need a little bit of joy and encouragement? All the time. Maybe some of you who are testing this week, you might need a little encouragement after that test is over. Or you might need a little joy because maybe your day is not quite going like you wanted it to. Whatever your situation, guys, encouragement is never farther away than this book. Joy is never farther away than this book. Because we find that in God. And this book tells us that we will find that in God. It continues, and we're going to skip over to the first part of verse 8 in chapter 19. It says, The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. For those of you who are not quite sure what that means, in in Scripture we find what, what are referred to as precepts, principles, things that we can live our life by. And it says those things that we find bring us joy. They bring joy. Rejoicing the heart is what it says. You see, we find things like, Like verses, like Philippians 14, excuse me, I want to say it right, 4.13. How many of you know that verse? I know it's on the screen. Go ahead and read it. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. You know what that means? It doesn't matter what happens in your life. It doesn't matter what scares you. It doesn't matter what obstacle you face. It doesn't matter what hard time you go through. You can deal with it. Because nothing can stop Jesus Christ. And when you have Jesus Christ, nothing can stop you. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to go the way you always think it should. But you can do all things through Jesus Christ. Nothing can stop you. That's an important precept. That's an important principle. That's encouraging. I don't know about you guys, but that's encouraging to me. Because I can tell you right now, there's some junk out there that you're going to face at some point in your life. But with Jesus Christ... It's all taken care of. Now you still may have to fight your way through it, but you can do it because of what this promise in God's word says. Or how about this one? Psalm 139, verse 13 through 16. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret. Intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, in your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How about the promise of God that he knew you before you ever existed? He knew who you would be right now at this very moment. He knew the mistakes that you have already made. He knows the mistakes you're going to make. He knows the good things you've done. He knows the good things you're going to do. He knows who you're going to be 40 years from now. He knows how you're going to die. He knows what your family's going to look like. He knows everything because he knew you before you ever took your first breath. That's a promise of God. If nothing else encourages you, that should. To know that the God who created everything you see knows every detail of your life. And he wants a relationship with you. Don't miss that, guys. That's encouragement right there. If nothing else, understand that God loves you. And yes, He knows all your problems. And He knows the things that you hope people never find out about. And He wants you anyway. That's important. And there's another one Psalm 119, verse 11. Or excuse me, 111. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. When you look at the Bible, The Bible is God's testimony. It is His story of what He created, of His people, how He interacted with them, how He redeemed them through Jesus Christ. And it goes all the way up until now where you are sitting at this very moment. When we look at the Old Testament, we see this this God that has a plan for His people and their salvation. When you look at the New Testament, you see that salvation carried out through Jesus Christ. And as we read this, we see that his, his word, it's true. The promise that he will never leave us or never forsake us, it happens here in Scripture. And because we know that, we can be encouraged, we can have joy to know that no matter what happens, the God of the universe has got our back. That's important. That's why this book is so important, because guys, there's going to be days... Where you just want to go home and crawl in bed. When you're just done. Some of you that may be right now. But before you do that. Spend time in this book. Because this book will encourage you. This book will give you joy that you don't think is possible to find. Through what you're going through at this moment. That's what God's word does. But it does more than that. <laughs> and I like this next one. God's word. God's word. It gives us wisdom. We could all use a little more wisdom. Couldn't we? No? You're good, Jack? All right, y'all go see Jack if you've got problems. He's got you taken care of. Look at what it says. Now we're going to jump back to the second part of verse 7. It says, "...the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple." And in verse 8, second part, it says, The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Verse 9, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous all together. If you want wisdom in your life, spend time in the Word of God. Yes, your friends may be smart, but I can tell you right now, your friends haven't lived any longer than you have. And they have the same experience as you have. That's not to say there's no wisdom in your friends. But when you want wisdom, you need to go to somebody that's been around a lot longer than your friends. Somebody who's walked with God a lot longer. I'll tell you, if you're looking for wisdom, go seek older godly people, men, women, and ask them about their experiences with God. But go here first. Go to God's word Because as you get into God's Word, we find the ways that God wants us to live our life that are going to honor Him and that are going to save us so much time and so much pain and heartache if we will simply look at what God has said right here. You want to know the right steps to take for your future? People say, you know, I don't know who to marry. I don't know where to live. I don't know what college to go to. Look, Look at what God's got here. Look at what he says. Now, he may not tell you go to FSU or go to University of Florida. At some point, you've got to make a decision too. But God's Word will guide you and help you make that decision. Spend time here looking for wisdom. Look at what it says in Proverbs 2, starting in verse 1. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from His mouth through His word come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. I just lost my place. (laughs) He's a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of His saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. You want wisdom? Spend time in God's Word. Spend time learning it. Spend time studying it. Spend time memorizing it. And you will gain wisdom. You will not only gain knowledge, but you will gain wisdom the way Scripture talks about wisdom. Especially, I just read that from the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs, there is so much in that book that will save you so much time and heartache if you just pay attention to those precepts and those principles. You will be years ahead of the people you hang around with if you will spend time in God's Word. Look at the book of Proverbs and see what wisdom God has for your life. That's what God's Word does is it gives us wisdom. Old Testament, Book of Proverbs, and it's all throughout the Old Testament. And the New Testament, you can read all over the place about how to take that wisdom and actually apply it as you interact with other people. That's what God's Word does for us. But it does something else. It protects And it rewards us. Now we don't always think of it that way. But that's what scripture says. In verse 10 of chapter 19 of Psalms. More to be desired are they than gold. Even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey. God's word has more value than anything we could think of. It talks about gold and it talks about uh, gold, fine gold, sweeter than honey. The drippings of the honeycomb. You see, those, those things, especially during this time and even to some people now, these are very important things and these are things that people will pay good money for. But those things go away. Those things only last for so long. But see, the difference is God's Word doesn't. God's Word is unchanging because God is unchanging, because He's consistent, as we said earlier. And as we spend time in His Word, we see that and we understand that no matter what great things we have in our life, nothing is as important as God. And that's rewarding, believe it or not. You may not think that now or agree with that now, but you will find that to be true if you spend time in His Word. It also tells us that it protects us moreover by them as your servant warned in keeping them there is great reward. When we look at God's Word, when we study it, when we understand it, when we memorize it, We are warned. God's word protects us. It protects us from sin. Believe it or not, God's word can protect you from sin. Now, that's not really a new, brilliant idea. You've probably heard that before. But it's a basic one that we've got to come back to every single time. As you get into God's word, when we know what the word of God says, when we have it at our fingertips, we are able to see who God is. And over time, God starts to reveal to us the areas in our life that we haven't given to Him. The areas of sin. The areas that we're holding back. And as we become aware of those, we are now accountable for those. And if we know what God's Word says about the sin in our life, it tells us that we know about it so we're able to be on guard against it. You see, Scripture talks about in Ephesians 6, it talks about the Word of God when it talks about the the, the armor of God, putting on the whole armor of God. And it specifically talks about taking up the sword of the Spirit, which is God's Word is what it says. You see, it's treating God's Word as a weapon, because weapons we use to protect ourselves When you go into battle with a sword, it's twofold. It's to defend yourself, to make sure you stay safe, and it's to attack so that you're not caught off guard, so that you can make sure you're safe. That's what God did. That's what Jesus did when he was tempted by Satan. Four different times before Jesus started his earthly ministry, Satan talked to him, and Satan tempted him, and Satan tried to get Jesus to sin. And Jesus didn't hit him. Jesus didn't send him straight to hell. No, Jesus quoted Scripture. Jesus quoted verses back to Satan and used it as a weapon. He used it for, to protect himself. And that's what it does for us if we know it, if we spent time memorizing it. Now, I w- I'll be honest with you, I'm not the best at memorizing Scripture. I've done it. I know verses. But I've actually heard it said that you should know... Was it one verse for every year you've been alive? Is that what we've heard before? I was at a conference one time. They said you should know one verse for every year you've been alive. How many of you think you got that? That's good. That's good. I'm willing to bet you probably know more than you think you do. But I'm talking verse and reference. One verse for every year you've been alive. I don't know that I can quote you one verse for every year I've been alive. But you know what? All that means is that we're supposed to spend time in His Word and store it in our heads and store it in our hearts. So when that time comes, when we are tempted, when we are confronted with something that we know is a weakness for us, we've got a way out of it. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians it tells us right there in 1 Corinthians 10.13 No temptation is overtaking you that is not common to man. God is faithful and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with temptation He will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. When you are tempted if you know God's Word you got a way of escape. Just like when Jesus was confronted by Satan, what did Jesus do? He quoted Scripture. God's Word protected him. What that means, guys, is we've got to memorize God's Word because you won't always have your phone in your hand. You won't always have the book in your hand. But if you've got it here and you've got it here, then you've got a good chance of fighting that. That means memorize some Scripture. Maybe you memorize scripture that deals with a specific area that you know is your temptation. You do that. Maybe it's just, hey, you know what? I'm going to memorize the book of John. That would be awesome. If you do that, let me know. We're going to have you stand up here and recite it to everybody. Because I, the whole thing, I want to see it. Anybody anybody want to take that challenge? You got that? Okay, yeah, I, I thought so. I thought so. But you know what? Hey, when we put God's Word in our head and God's Word in our heart, guys, it will protect us. There will be times, and I've, I've heard Miss Kathleen say this before, there's times when she's talking and all of a sudden verses just start rattling off out of her head that she says she doesn't even remember memorizing. Because that's how the Holy Spirit works. If you put it in there when you need it, the Holy Spirit will bring it out. And it will protect us, and it will guide us, and it will help us, and it will reward us. That's what we receive from the Word of God. That's why it is so important for us to get more than just a snapshot. More than just that little Instagram picture of that moment in time. Okay, that's who God was then. And this is who God is now. And this is who God's going to be next week. No, it's who is God. The entire thing all of Scripture, so we understand who He is and what He's done and how much He cares for us. It does one more thing, and this isn't going to be up there. God's Word, it connects us. It connects every single one of us. Pictures, they connect us. When I put this up here, these pictures, most of you, even though you were saying all kinds of weird stuff, most of you at some point had the same thought in your head of what these people or that cat we're feeling. <laughs> because they connect us. There's a common bond there. God's word does the same thing. Somebody that lives on the other side of the world that speaks a completely different language than you can have God's word and their language and you two are connected through the word of God. It connects us, number one, to God. <laughs> Pretty easy one, right? God's Word connects us to God. It shows us who He is. It shows us His love. It shows us what He's done. But it also connects us, like we talked about last week. It shows us how to live life with each other. It shows us how to interact, how we're supposed to treat each other, how we're supposed to honor each other and love each other. That's why God's Word is so important, guys. Because as we talk about this whole idea of being social and all these different ways we use to be social, these apps, whatever it is you use. God has designed us to connect with each other on a one-on-one basis. More than pictures, more than quotes, more than little posts that just show how you're feeling for the day. But to actually get into each other's lives one-on-one and live life with each other. I have a challenge for you this week. Between now and next Wednesday, memorize three verses. They can be three individual verses. They can be three consecutive verses. But memorize three verses. And yes, if you want to use Jesus wept as one of them, you can. It's a short, easy one. There, you got one down. Two more verses this week. And if you're not spending time in God's Word, if you're not reading it, if you've got the U-Version Bible app on your phone or your iPod or whatever it is you use, there are reading plans in that program. A week long, two weeks long, a month long, a year long. Whatever you think you can do to start out with, spend time in God's Word. Open it up. Read it. And let me caution you. I know some of you do your quiet time or spending time in God's Word at night. Don't lay down on your bed right before you go to sleep to read God's Word. Because you're going to fall asleep. And you're going to stop reading God's Word. Or you're not going to read it like you plan to. The reason I say that, guys, I'm not telling you don't read it at night time. I'm telling you, set yourself up. Hey, set yourself up so you can actually think about what God said. You can actually think about what His Word says. Scripture tells us we're supposed to meditate on His Word. That means we're supposed to let it sink in. Some of you may go to sleep dreaming about what you've read. Some of you probably will not. You know yourself. I'm just telling you, use that area of caution. Okay? Spend time in God's Word this week. Memorize three verses. Find out what God's Word will show you about God and about you. All right? Let's pray.